360 degrees. High, high, 360 degrees. High, high, 306. 306. 360 degrees. High, high. Hey, hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. Tonight, we have a special broadcast for you as we take a first look into the new proposed Pacifica Bylaws Amendments. And we have a friendly debate on tap on some of the aspects of the proposed changes. That's tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch, Bay Miwok Territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, and again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Freewell and Franklin, and I am your host tonight and debate moderator. As many of our listeners may know, there is another set of changes to the Pacifica bylaws being proposed. Listener members who made a minimum donation of $25 by April 7th this year will be receiving a ballot in early June. That ballot will be asking you to either vote yes or no on the proposed changes. Now, a lot of organizational documents can get confusing. Tonight, we will try and sort out some of the main differences with the current Pacifica bylaws and the new Day Pacifica proposed changes. Right now, local station boards are composed of 24 members. 18 members are elected from the general listenership, plus Six members are elected from the paid and unpaid staff of the station. The board also includes the station general manager as an ex officio member. The main job of the local station boards at this time is to raise funds, do outreach, select a pool of potential general manager and program director candidates when necessary, and evaluate the performance of those positions. We also approve a station budget. Then each year, the local station board elects four representatives, three listener members, plus one staff member to the Pacifica National Board. The Pacifica National Board then sets policies for the network as a whole. The new proposed bylaws would change the composition of the local station boards to a seven-member board, two of which would be staff, one paid and one unpaid. The new boards would also have the option to add three to six more members and other committees as needed. Nationally, the new board would be a 15-person board consisting of four national officers, an affiliate director, and three at-large directors who will always be appointed by the national board for their skills and knowledge. And also two staff directors from each station for paid and unpaid staff. These positions will also now be three-year terms instead of one. And also part of the transition team, there will be a core group of individuals that were selected based on their skills and knowledge. 
If you vote yes on the bylaws, you are voting in the four officers named in the bylaws. After the transition period, officers will be elected to the national board, again, except for the three at-large directors who will always be appointed by the national board for those skills and that knowledge. So here to help us clear things up tonight and tell us why the proposed changes to the bylaws are a bad or a good idea are Tracy Rosenberg and Beth Keene. Let's check out this friendly debate that was recorded earlier this morning. Uh, welcome, Tracy. Um, hi, Franklin. Thanks for having me on. And welcome, Beth. Hey, Frank. Uh, thanks uh, for Full Circle for hosting the show. All right. You're welcome. I'm I'd looking like forward to, to it. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to do that. Uh, um, let's just start with uh, Beth. Can you take one minute to tell us your connection to Pacifica? Yes. Um, I am a, a long-term Bay Area person. Um, I, like thousands of others, I'm a long-term devoted KPFA listener who always donates when asked, but never had the time to volunteer until uh, till now. I'm a retired union organizer, a grandmother of five, and an activist. And the way I got involved with this is that I heard on the air several years ago that due to a, some lawsuit on the East Coast, they, they may have to sell the KPFA building. And so I heard something on Pacifica was threatening KPFA, and that's why I got involved. Um, I've been a retired union organizer working for the California Nurses Association and National Nurses Uniting. And I got involved to help save KPFA and Pacifica from going under because they are on the brink of going under as a foundation. Thank you. Thank you. And Tracy, the same thing. You, can you just take a minute and um, tell us your connection to Pacifica? Well, I can try to get it in in a minute. Um, in short, let's see. I was the program coordinator at, at KPFA, a paid employee from 2000 to 2002, facilitated the program council for another, I guess, two years after that, with a slight break, was the local election coordinator uh, in 2006, served on the KPFA local station board from 2007 to 2013, served on the Pacifica National Board con concurrently from 2010 to 2013, and since 2014, I have edited a um, subscription-only newsletter called Pacifica in Exile, which talks a bit about some of the governance uh, stuff at Pacifica. You can find it at pacificainexile.org. All right. Thank you very much. Just right on a minute. Thank you very much. And just to get us started tonight, um, Beth, can you give us like a brief thumbnail description, um, just kind of like why you are voting and urging a yes vote on the Pacifica bylaws. Um, yes. Um, you uh, have, uh, you have two minutes, by the way, two minutes. Thank you very much. Um, probably the main reason that I'm uh, endorsing and voting yes on these bylaws is actually um, looking at who's endorsing the bylaw, the New Day bylaws. And uh, when you look at the endorsers, uh, it's just it's total KPFA star power. Um, just a few of them that you guys know, Eileen Alfandary, Brian Edwards-Tekert, Kat Brooks, Mitch Jezrich, just to name a few. Basically, lot, the staff who are endorsing this are people that you know. And currently, I don't think there, any staff person has actually formally 
uh, come out against these bylaws. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is that uh, how are things really going at Pacifica right now? Are they going well? Are they going poorly? And they are going outside of KPFA. They're going very, very poorly. The, the foundation's in bad shape. There's a 300 and excuse me, a 3.2 million dollar loan that's due with no money to pay it. And guess what collateral is for the loan? The KPFA building. So if, if Pacific hasn't have the money to pay this loan, they're going to have to sell the KPFA building. And that's the building that me and many, many thousands of other people fundraised for um, and to buy and get it upgraded. And that's just not, not right. Um, secondly, Pacifica has forfeited over $7 million in federal funding in the last period of time. And that's money that could be used for programming for to keep the other stations who are having more trouble financially above board. So for the that, that's really bad that Pacific has forfeited seven million dollars in funding. And then lastly, uh, that ten, uh, ten even seconds. looking at even looking at the auditors, they've actually said that it's in auditor speak that's unlikely that KPFA, excuse me, Pacifica will, will last another twelve months. So it's a failing organization and needs changes. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Good job on the time. And Tracy, what's your uh, thumbnail version of why you're urging a no vote on the bylaws? Well, sure. I mean, we can certainly talk about all of that history that's just been laid out, quite a bit of which is not really so accurate. But what, what we really should be talking about is what are these bylaws going to change? Because that's what you guys are, are voting on. So let's talk about that. I think there's four things that people should kind of keep in mind. The first is that we are going to basically wipe out or eviscerate the oversight authority of the local station boards. And I want to be clear, that's what we all fought, fought and marched and rallied for in 1999 and, and 2000, was to have some sort of local control over the programming at the station, to be able to oversee who the manager was, and to be able to oversee how the money was spent. And we are going to be giving that up and turning our local station boards back into cabs or back into sort of meaningless advisory boards that basically just hand out surveys. Secondly, um, recalls are kind of popular in California right now, and that's basically the road that we are walking down because 120 people who were elected to their positions all over the country will be basically pulled out of those positions, not be, not be allowed to finish their terms. I mean, this is basically a cosmic recall of 120 people. I thought I had two minutes, Frank. Yes, I do. Okay, great. Um, secondly, um, we're basically pausing what we would call sort of the democratic process, which again, we fought and struggled for. We're going to have four people, three of whom have already been on the PNB anyway. So what they will change is, you know, kind of questionable. But those four people will basically be ensconced as the officers of the national board for three years. All right. Thank you. And just a reminder, uh, one dong is 30 seconds left. Two is time up. Thank you. And thank you both. So one of the biggest things that I have personally been hearing, not only now, but in the past, is that we, the LSBs and the national board, are just too large and unwieldy and that this leads to factionalism and infighting. 
We are also we have also been investigated in the past by the California Attorney General, who asked us to do some organizational um, transformations in our governance. The New Day bylaws proposal will definitely shrink the size of our boards. And I think part of the idea is that they will be more manageable. Um, what do you see as the advantages of the current Pacifica bylaw size and structure? And do you see positive change in the New Day bylaws um, shrinking the size of the board this way? And this time we'll start with Tracy. You have two minutes to go. Well, I think it's pretty clear that if you just wanted to shrink the size of the board, so you could do that pretty easily. For example, there are four reps from each station on the national board. You could just make it three. That would be a really simple bylaws amendment, and I don't actually think that anybody would be fighting it. But that's not what New Day has proposed. And it's also important to say that last year when we had something from the Pacifica Restructuring Project, which is a different name, they didn't propose that either. Instead, there are all of these other changes being kind of sneaked in under the rubric of making the boards smaller. That's not really what the goal is. In terms of the benefits of the current situation, well, you get a lot of uh, diversity and a lot of different voices, and that can be good and sort of can be bad, but the question is sort of how do you resolve differences and diversity? Do you basically do it by sort of shutting down fighting by saying only one faction or only one point of view or only one set of people really gets to control the dialogue. And I think the answer to that is no, that's not the right way to do it. Um, in terms of the attorney general, it's also important to say that what the attorney general was basically saying at Pacifica was get your audits caught up on and settle your debt with democracy now. And Pacifica has done both of those things. So it's really important to say that the attorney general process has largely been reconciled. Um, otherwise, I would basically say that, again, if you just wanted to make the board smaller, that's what you would do. You don't need to self-appoint board members. You don't need to take apart the local station boards. You don't need to end local control and local oversight. And you certainly don't need to pause a democracy for three years in order to make the board smaller. Thank you, Tracy, very much. And Beth, what do you see as the advantages and disadvantages of, of the current bylaw size and structure? And do you see positive change in the New Day bylaws? You got two minutes, Beth. Well, first to say uh, absolutely that we need to make these changes, follow the lead of the staff, and make these changes now, or we're not going to have a Pacifica Foundation or KPFA in another couple of years in surviving. So anyway, but getting back to the bylaws, you know, again, bylaws are confusing, but uh, how do we connect the bylaws to the fact that Pacifica has been losing $7 million in funding, have, has a loan they can't pay, has their failing audits are on the brink of collapse, and you have to look at the, what's the importance of the elected leadership in the foundation and the importance of accountability. Um, and just right now, the top elected officers in Pacifica is the national chair. And the top uh, board, policymaking board, is the national board. Now, I would bet that nobody listening to this call outside of 100 volunteers who are active in, in Pacifica <clears throat> even knows the name of the person who's currently the national chair, doesn't even know who it is. So how can you hold them accountable if you don't even know who they are? Um, and 
in the situation, what, what, how the new day is going to change that is that rather is that we are going to directly elect the national officers for the first time in Pacifica history directly by the listeners and the staff. And so that the listeners and staff nationally will directly elect the four national officers, again, not for the transition term, but for every term after that. And so this is a way that members can be directly um, in charge of who is uh, who the national officers are, and then the national officers in turn, because people will know who they are, and they know if they don't take care of business, they will not be reelected by the membership. They will be more accountable and therefore uh, be more responsible. Right now, they're not responsible to anybody because no one even knows who they are. And so this is a huge change, a big deal. It's much more democratic than the current situation that, that takes the candidates and lets the local station board elect them rather than the membership as a whole. Thank you. And Tracy, would you like to take one more minute to cover this issue and respond to this? Yeah, I guess I just want to question a couple of things briefly. One is I think we should be careful about the definition of staff. Staff includes both paid and unpaid staff. There are probably uh, three times as many unpaid staff as paid staff at KPFA, and, and they produce the majority of the programming. So when we say staff supports X, I think we should be make it, cl- make it clear if we're talking about paid and or unpaid staff. Um, secondly, you know, it's always important to say that bylaws changes don't pay down debt because it seems to me there's some sort of magic thing going on. If we change the bylaws, we'll suddenly be able to pay things and have millions of dollars that we don't currently have. That's not very likely. And secondly, it's important to say that three of these four installed board officers are previous members of the PNB between 2017 and 2020. So what kind of change are we actually making here? I have questions about that. All right. Thank you, Tracy. And Beth, you got uh, some to add one more minute here on this topic. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about the role of staff at Pacifica. And obviously, because of the finances, we only are able to pay and benefit so many staff. This is a tragedy um, because of all the volunteer staff. This is not true of any other station, radio type station like NPR or the CBS in the country, where they have staff who are working and working hard for the benefit of the station, the audience, and not getting paid. That's unfortunately that's that's part of us being uh, our finances and whatnot. And so I first like to say that we have a hybrid mix of paid staff, which kind of anchor the station, and then a huge, uh, wide array of unpaid staff who are just as professional, just as good at what they do. It's just that they have a different relationship uh, to the station. And I, I, I think they all, you know, they're all important, and they're all involved with this. I just emphasize the paid staff because that's the staff that the listeners tend to know who they are, as opposed to people who just have a one hour a week. Thank Thank you, you. Beth. And, um, well, some people have expressed concern about uh, democracy being um, subverted here with um, the selection of the, um, the four directors at the beginning, the transitional directors, and then the at large directors. Um, let's go back to Beth. Uh, Beth, you got two minutes. How do you see the issue of democracy with the current bylaws and the New Day bylaws happening now? Yeah, um, you know, uh, back in 1999, when the big upheaval happened at KPFA, 
we were all outside. Staff was fired. It was a big upheaval where the local, you know, trying to take over and change KPFA. We all rallied to the cause, and we were successful in getting the staff back in and the and the station back on the air with the same politics. But what unfortunately didn't happen properly is that even though there was a long process of coming up with new bylaws, it became pretty apparent that once the bylaws were in place, that we created a monster. And this is best said by um, Carol Spooner, who's one of the top leaders of this whole uprising at KPFA and the bylaw situation. And she basically has said repeatedly that the bylaws that they created under best of intentions turned out to be a total mess. And that's really important to know. So, um, uh, so firstly, is that the bylaws are not democratic because the members, the listeners, the people who donate and who work at KPFA do not have any involvement, direct involvement in electing the top policymakers and officers of the foundation. Zero, they do not have it. They are not democratic bylaws that way. They, the members have no voice in who is the top officers who really have the power to change Pacifica. Um, and uh, it's important with the transition uh, that it be clear and decisive. We are so close to the brink that we need to transition quickly to this new, this new, uh, uh, new day structure, and it needs to be decisive. It, it has to be led by people who believe in the, new, in the new bylaws. And that's why we named four activists and Pacifica people in the bylaws to head up the New Day transition team, because these are people who've committed to transitioning Pacifica from a bad place to a good place, from these bad bylaws that have failed Pacifica into good organizational structure that will support and make us bloom. We're, we're, looking, we're thinking about it as sort of a, a, uh, a renaissance of Pacifica after, after, after we take office. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. That, keep an eye on the clock, please. You went over on that one. And Tracy, how do you see the the operation of democracy in play here with the new bylaws. You have uh, two minutes and then you both will have one minute to respond. Go ahead, Tracy. Well, I mean, having actually served on the Pacifica National Board, I can certainly say that board members are completely accountable. I mean, there is a group of 24 folks that put you on the national board who are picked and chosen by the members and the staff. And you have to report back to them all of the time. And sometimes they're not real happy with the things that you've done. But that said, um, the accountability is there and it's direct. And I think there's some questions about who exactly uh, nationally um, elected board members would be directly accountable to. Um, I will also say a couple of things about the constitution of this new board. Oh, and one other thing that I wanted to mention. Um, in terms of the officers of the board, Beth seems to have the impression that the officers of the Pacifica National Board have some kind of secret or special powers that make them in charge of things. And I just want to be clear, when you're an officer of the National Board, which I was for three years, you have more responsibilities, not more powers. It is extra things that you have to do, not secret powers that you are able to execute to sort of, um, in Houdini fashion, make the board or the foundation do things that you couldn't do if you were just an ordinary board member. So that's important to say. Um, a couple of things that will be changing that are significant. Um, affiliate representation on the national board will go down by 50%. And also, um, 
and also low power stations um, and other stations that don't pay dues but rebroadcast Pacifica programming won't have any say in this new association of affiliates. And in addition, um, right now, um, staffers can be um, elected from all five stations. We'd have one national paid staff paid staff rep that would be re be representing 100 people and one national unpaid staff rep that would be re representing 1,000 people. That's not proportional. All right, thank you. And Beth, you have one more minute to continue on this topic here of democracy. Yeah, um, basically that the role of the National Board of Pacifica is an extremely important one, both legally, financially, and politically. These are the leaders of the foundation. Their, their most important job that they do is to find and hire an executive director to lead the foundation. And what that means is that uh, the executive director then supervises the stations, oversees fundraising, oversees programming, and then pulls the whole thing together. Now, that the, the board has been so dysfunctional these last 18 years that they have burned through 17 executive directors in that period of time. And so basically, Pacifica has been like the headless horseman for 17 years with no top staff person sort of leading, leading, the, leading the movement. Um, secondly, uh, another main role of the national board is to make sure that the audits are done on time. They have 120 days after the end of fiscal year to get the audits done. They haven't been done on time in over 10 years. All right. And I'm even more importantly, there. I'm sorry, you're out of time. Um, they haven't been done. That's um, okay. Not, not a problem. And um, Tracy, you have one more minute to respond on this topic. Yes, very quickly, just to continue on the sort of representation changes that I was mentioning. The other one is, of course, that right now we have f four members on the PNB representing each local station and its perspectives, concerns, and needs, and that would change to one station. And again, that's a 75% representation in sort of local voices on, on the PNB. The other thing that I would say is, yes, there's been a lot of EDs, and it's unfortunate, and I've seen a, a number that I think shouldn't have been hired and a number that shouldn't have been fired. But I want to say the ED works for the foundation, not just for the board, and the idea that the board was the cause of all of this upheaval and transformation is really, I think, minimizing the role of the people who work at the foundation who are, of course, who the executive director is working with every single day. Uh, the last thing that I would say is uh, the audit problem began in 2013. Before that, Pacifica's audits were done on time for decades. All right. Thank you. And thank you guys for sticking the best you can to the clock. Now, according to the New Day Pacifica website, the proposed bylaws also call for three at-large expert directors. The PNB will add in these three experts who are recruited for their specific skills and experience. Some possible areas including fundraising, social media, alternative media, social justice experiencing um, experience, and networking. Beth, why are the three at-large directors an important part of this plan? You have two minutes. Wow, this is a, kind of a really exciting exciting part of um, looking ahead at the New Day uh, Pacifica. Um, first of all, let me say that uh, with the new board, even though we will be appointing 
three specialists to join us on the national board or join the national board, um, that the supermajority, 80% of the national board will be elected directly by their constituents, whether it's the national membership listeners and staff or the station listeners or the national staff or the affiliates. So they'll be all directly elected. So these specialists will be an addendum in addition to the uh, national board. Um, secondly, uh, it's it's a wonderful thing that the incoming board, the board to know will have a three-year term. So it means that they will have three years to do, to, ha to have an impact on the foundation and to do something new and something different and to, to strengthen the foundation. So for instance, in maybe coming into this next three-year term, the, the incoming board and officers may say, we're going to really focus this year on fundraising, or we're going to really focus this year on how do we double our listenership or, or our, paid, our paid listenership, which is our members, or how do we, um, how do we uh, uh, quickly take advantage of all the different types of platforms, of media platforms, and expanding uh, beyond where we are now. So we're taking advantage of every possible situation. So this at-large seats, which are three every term, allows the board to bring in experts to help them. Uh, and that's, I think that's a great thing. Um, but also I just want to emphasize that by moving to a three-year term, um, we'll have more time, a more longer vision, rather than having the, the whole board turning over every year as, as happens now. And the other thing I'd just like to mention briefly is um, the, whole, the whole concept of national officers being elected nationally. We want to try to get a culture of, of, of national Pacifica as opposed to five nation states of stations as it is now. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Beth. And um, the at-large directors, Tracy, um, what do you have to say about that? And you'll both have one minute to respond. Go ahead, Tracy. Two minutes. Well, I mean, you know, it bears repeating that the situation that we had in 1999, 2000, which are the reason that these bylaws came to existence, was essentially 10 at-large directors. Those kinds of structures can go wrong. And in Pacifica's case, they did go wrong, and they led to really a historical petition to the attorney general to let this become a member-run organization so this would never, ever happen to us again. So there are some real reasons not to go backwards. I understand that it's not a majority, but if you are talking about you know closely held or closely contested issues on the national board, the at-large directors are going to play a very important role in how some of those issues are adjudicated. And uh, since they will be, you know, largely selected by, by, by a core of folks during this transition period, it's sort of, you know, fairly clear that the uh, transition officers will essentially have a consensus for whatever they want to do. And one of my questions, which I realize Beth can't answer, but I think the four people who are planning to be transition officers have to answer is, what are you going to do? What are your intentions? Because I think before people, you know, put people in for three years uncontested with a total mandate, you have to understand what their plan is. And these are folks that are running for these seats without running for these seats. And in some ways that it, that in itself is a sort of an anti-democratic process. So we get back to the idea of recalling 120 of your fellow members who told you what they were going to do when you when you pick them in favor of four people who are not telling you what they're going to do. 
Thank you, Tracy. And Beth, you have one minute to respond to this topic still. You know, Tracy, I, I uh, almost have to chuckle to hear you say that people are elected. Everybody knows who they're electing. The fact is, nobody knows who's elected to the National Board every year. Nobody. Except out of the 100 people on the LSB. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows who's on it now. There's no accountability. And all the people on the board now, not one of them ran on any type of program for the, for the Pacifica or for the National Board because there's no program out there. Nobody has a plan for the next three years. So it's, it's a joke for you to say that currently the Pacific, the National Board, has, has a program. Everybody knows what they stand for. That's just ridiculous. The second thing is, you know, 1999, really different situation. You keep harping onto it as if you are the herald of the history to hear, and that somehow you have the personal uh, understanding of what's, of what's important now. The fact is, we had, it was an experiment in democracy. It has failed. It has left us with the Pacifica is a limping along and almost ready to go under. So we need to deal with, for the interest of our listeners, our staff, deal with what's happening today, right now. Thank you, Beth. Um, Tracy, you. you still have uh, one minute to respond to this. Well, I'm not sure if from that description, Beth participates in the election of the local delegates. But as I think some of us know, we have them currently every two of three years. And those of us that are listener members pick nine folks from which our uh, Pacifico National Board reps will be chosen. And those folks write a platform and they participate in online debates and they fill out surveys and you get a ballot where the person tells you 500 words about themselves. And basically, you know, they, they run for office and you pick the ones that um, you feel... Um, most closely reflect what you would like to see happen. And the staff go through the same kind of process. So I, I, I think, yes, it's entirely different than basically being asked to drop four people into place for three years that are telling you, um, that aren't telling you what they're going to do and basically who have a track record, most of them, because they've already done it. Thank you, uh, Tracy. And thank you guys for watching the clock. And moving on, much of the bylaw changes that are being proposed are in response to what some consider mismanagement at some stations and the financial trouble the network has been suffering over the years, saying that the current structure makes it too hard to make serious change in the network. In your opinion, if these amendments pass and the new bylaws are put in place, do you see these changes affecting the management of the network and the financial health of the stations and network? Um, we'll start with Tracy on this one and give you two minutes and then Beth. Go ahead, Tracy. Yeah. Well, the financial health of the network is, you know, a confusing and upsetting question in kind of lots of ways. And I think that people know some of the reasons Media itself, in terms of a landscape, is suffering greatly. Terrestrial radio has largely been outflanked by a number of sort of electronic de um, de delivery methods. And Pacifica is, you know, struggling to sort of keep up with all of those technological changes. There's much more competition than when most of Pacifica's listeners were growing up. And Pacifica was really the only source of alternative ideas out there. That is definitely not the case anymore. In addition, you know, we, we've been having some struggles figuring out what Pacifica should be for the 21st 
century. I think we all understood that in the 20th century, but sort of, you know, times have changed and we are moving forward, I think, in ways that are very much uncharted. Um, in terms of the financial concerns, of course, you know, the big problem is we had a predatory contract with the Empire State Building in New York City, signed in 2005. None of the people that were on the board then are really part of governance at this point. I think they very much, you know, sort of figured, well, it's okay for now and we'll renegotiate it sometime in the future. But that didn't happen. And so they signed a contract that we could never pay. And of course, by 2015, the predictable things started happening. We stopped paying on it. And then we were trapped in a really destructive relationship with the worst kind of predatory capitalist creditor who literally would have taken our buildings or driven us into bankruptcy. I mean, that's what was going to happen. And the board went out and was able to find an extremely generous New York City foundation to essentially take over that debt for us. And that debt was originally $4.8 million. It's down now to about $3.2 million. We don't have to pay it for another 18 months. And it's tough. Thank you, uh, Tracy. And Beth, uh, in your opinion, if these amendments pass and the bylaws are put in place, do you see these changes affecting the management of the network and the financial health of the stations and the network? And you have two minutes, Beth. Go ahead. Uh, you know, this, these new date changes are going to allow 100% change in how the foundation operates and works. Um, we're going to be able to launch into a renaissance that's foundation-wide, um, that's going to be amazing and exciting, and I can't wait, frankly. Um, and Tracy makes it sound like, oh, it's just too hard out there that we can't survive and just difficult and whatever. But you have to look at our five stations, and one of our stations actually is doing very well. It's been able to build up a huge and loyal listener base that supports a huge number, a huge budget and staff and programming, and that's KPFA. So in, within the foundation, we do have best practices right now about how listener-sponsored, progressive, radical radio can function and thrive. And we know that it needs about $3 million per station. We know that it needs a, a series of uh, full-time uh, radio hosts who, who are on during the week to have sort of anchor the stations and so that the listeners get to know personal staff. We know that it's going to be a mix of paid and uh, unpaid volunteer professionals uh, doing the shows and uh, th that type of thing. So we know it's very possible, but because of the dysfunction of the national board, we have not been able to share best practices. Um, there, for people that are close in, uh, you actually each sort of every station for themselves in Pacifica uh, where to look at that are on the national board at what's best for their station. And so what we're trying to do with these national officers, four national officers being elected nationally, is we're trying to move Pacifica from a culture of competition be, uh, between stations to a culture of solidarity and, and support between stations. So each station will be helping each other rather than look, only looking out for themselves. Thank you. And Tracy, uh, you still have one minute here to respond. Well, this is sort of what I call the bylaws magic money argument, which is basically that making structural changes in how governance is done is going to create a 
renaissance and pay back millions of dollars in debt. I mean, I've been a part of lots of nonprofit organizations. I run one. When you change the bylaws, you change structures in terms of how people have meetings. That's what you're doing. That is not going to make millions of dollars fall from the sky, and it is not going to change the entire media landscape. So some of this is, as I said, it's the sort of, it's the magic carpet ride argument. And in no way do I want to diss KPFA, but I do want to be realistic here. In 2006, when I was the um, election supervisor, KPFA had 18,000 members in a decade or more, well, a decade and a half, that has dropped to barely over 12,000. Okay, so, you know, hear me, KPFA has lost one-third of its members in the last year and a half. So what we have to do is we have to grow the entire network, including KPFA. They are not an exception to the problems that we are seeing. Thank you. And Beth, you have uh, one minute to go on uh, this topic. Um, yeah, so just going, uh, thanks, Tracy, for doing the deep dive into the Empire State Building uh, disaster. Um, part of that happened because we didn't have an executive, a stable executive director at the helm who could keep us out of a predatory loan like that, which we never should have been in as a foundation, period, for New York State. It was wrong for BAI. It was wrong for Pacifica. Um, secondly, um, Tracy talks about how they magically reduce the debt from $4.8 million to only $3.2 million that they owe now. Well, there was no magic to it at all. What happened was they sold KPFA's second building for a million dollars over the objections of KPFA because guess who had raised the money and bought that building? They sold that building and used it to help pay off the New York debt. And that really stinks. And uh, that's what I call magical uh, magic carpet ride is you think that sort of magically this money appeared out of nowhere. It did not. It came out of Berkeley's hide and Berkeley's uh, history. Thank you very much, Beth. And we're going to move on. Uh, thank you for that time on that topic. Now, the New Day proposal changes the local station boards established in 2002 bylaws back into community advisory type boards. This will change some of the duties of the LSBs, such as creating a pool of general managers and program director candidates, also the evaluation of those positions. LSBs also, at this point, approve the station's budgets. Will this be changed, and why is this a good or a bad idea? I think we're starting with Beth this time. Beth, you have two minutes. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is one of the, the second main areas besides how the national board is elected, where the current bylaws have truly failed Pacifica. Um, the LSB's local station boards are meant to be a local group of volunteers who are there to support the station, help the station, and do what, what the station can't do to make the station even more successful. What it's turned into with, these, with the current bylaws is some people on these LSBs think that their job is to supervise the station and the general manager. And what's happened at pretty much every local station board is part of the, part of the local station board thinks uh, the general manager stinks and should be fired, and the others are, are want to support the general manager and want to help make the station run better. So there's been basically 
internecine warfare at every station for the last 18 years on these local station boards because some of the local station boards people feel like they are management and they are over the general managers. In reality, the way the chain of management happens is the station managers report to the executive director. And that is where the supervision is supposed to come from. Now, obviously, with having a headless horseman as executive director for the last 18 years, that's been problematic. But that does not mean that the listeners who have no idea how to run a station, the complexity of fundraising, the complexity of balancing programming to maximize listener happiness in, 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 the, or, in the organization. Um, so it's just, it's just um, it's been a really problematic thing. So what our, what our vision is, is to refocus the local station boards into a positive, supportive committee to support the work of the local station. And for the first time, they will be involved in fundraising. The current LSBs have not fundraised 10 cents for the stations. They have not done any community outreach for the stations. And that's what the new LSBs were doing. So it actually will be a fun place to be and a fun place to volunteer for, for the listeners. Thank you, Beth. And Tracy, how do you see this rearrangement and the, um, the duties now of the new proposed bylaws? You have two minutes. Yeah, well, I guess I'll just start by questioning this statement that, you know, the listener members don't know how to run a station or how to run a network or anything like that, because it is sort of important to mention that these four people who are being installed in these powerful board officer positions are listener members who served on LSBs and were then picked to go to the LSBs. So people like Jan Goodman, Lyndon Foley, and Aki Tanaka are these listener members who served on LSBs, engaged in internecine warfare, and don't know how to run a station. So there's a contradiction here in terms of what you're saying and what you're advocating for. Um, I'll just say a couple of things. Uh, In terms of what these new sort of cabs would do, as I understand it, they will... Their only sort of, you know, community outreach kind of thing besides, you know, getting people to join the station is they would have people fill out programming surveys that would be designed by the executive director and they would fundraise. So the whole scenario where sort of the local community sets the goals for the station, takes a look at the budget, engages in sort of some oversight of the general manager is all being taken away. And again, and you know, and I want to be clear because Beth seems to be contesting this, that is what we fought for in 1999 and 2000. That is what we felt that we were losing when members of the then, you know, cab lab were not being sent to the national board. And that is what we fought. And we fought all the way to the California Attorney General and the state legislature and the JLOC. That is what we fought to get back. So we are really kind of in a situation that is similar to what the listeners of KQED faced several years ago when they were basically told by the people they had voted into office and sent about and said, we want you to take away your right to vote. And the people at KQED, well, they did that. But the people at Pacifica, we don't have to. All right. Thank you, Tracy. And Beth, you have one minute to respond. Um, well, just briefly, that I understand. I was, you know, I, I came, went to some of the demonstrations in 1999. I, I have some understanding of the passion that was involved in the activists. I was not part of the bylaws process. I was uh, working, you know, working my union organizing job. Did not have the time. Um, I understand the passion. I understand the hopes. I understand the expectations. But 
as Carol Spooner said, the bylaws that ended up happening, it actually did the exact opposite of what people hoped it would do. And uh, that's really unfortunate. And um, any, any hope to have local oversight never happened. It's never, ever happened that the local station board has determined programming at any of the stations ever. Um, it's always been basically through the general manager. Um, that's just, that's just the reality of life. That's also true of budgeting. The budgeting comes from the general manager. Sometimes that must be okay. But basically the running of the station is done by the general manager. All right. And Tracy, you have your final minute on this subject. Yeah. A couple of quick things. Uh, the local station boards do have to sign off on the station budget. And in many cases, they have made significant changes to the station budget as proposed by the GM and the business manager and the staff. Um, I just wanted to sort of mention a couple of things that Beth had referred to previously. One is with regard to uh, blaming the Empire State uh, contract on the lack of a secure executive director. It may, you know, it's important to say that that contract was prepared when Pacifica had a stable ED, Dan Coughlin, and while it was signed one month after he left, it was not the lack of an executive director that caused that unfortunate contract to be signed. So I think the organization as a whole has to take accountability for it, uh, understand that we have to pay this money back and stop acting like it sort of landed on our head like an act of God. It was a choice. It was a bad choice. And it has consequences to the current day. Thank you very much. And um, we're getting near the end of our time tonight. But I just want to, um, before we do run out, I want to give you all a last couple of minutes to tell our listeners your pitch of why it's important to either vote uh, yes or no on these proposals. And this time we will start with Tracy. Tracy, can you tell the listeners why you think a no vote is appropriate at this point and why you um, and what you might like to see instead? You got two minutes. Yeah, sure. I mean, just like the bylaws referendum that were f that uh, Pacifica listeners were faced with last year, which was voted down by a two to one margin, you basically have some real problems being identified and some solutions to those problems that don't really solve them. Uh, you're not going to be able to pay back a loan because you change the bylaws. You're not going to stop all of the fighting by basically taking um, certain perspectives and viewpoints off the board and just sort of strangling them. They will still be there. And, you know, all of the real struggles people are, happy, people are having about what kind of community radio network we want to be, which are played out in the staff at the stations, are played out in the memberships are played out on, on, on the local boards will still be there. They will just be less represented on the national board and in the leadership of the network. Um, there's no reason to pause democratic account accountability for three years to install four people, three of whom have already been on the national board and presumably done what they're going to do. It's important that we have accountability and it's important that nobody gets to be the board president for three years, no matter what they do or how they perform. Um, it's important that we don't recall the 120 people that you guys already voted into office because you wanted them to be there. For people in Berkeley, for example, to recall folks that were elected by the members in Washington 
D.C.? Why would you do that? What gives you the authority to vote to do that and to set up as permanent officers on the national board for folks, none of whom are, are, are from Washington, D.C., or know anything about that station and vice versa? You know, reform politics are really popular in California, but they're not smart and they're not progressive. All right. Thank you, Tracy. And Beth, this is your chance. I know we only scratched the surface here tonight, but what is your final pitch to the listeners tonight for a yes vote on the bylaws proposal? And you have two minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Let me just uh, clarify one thing that's wrong that Tracy keeps saying is that the LSB members are being recalled. That is absolutely untrue. And that um, the LSB members are going to be encouraged to finish out their term and work for the stations under this new scenario. And we're even at hoping that people will extend their terms by a year to get through the transition period. So we encourage, we support, we're happy to have all the help we can get. Okay. Um, secondly, I just wanted to say in close that current national board majority and the executive director are fighting very, very hard to stop new day changes. And what's going on is as ugly as anything I've seen on a Unibuster campaign um, right now. The station manager of WBAI in New York is openly leading the vote no efforts, um, both at his station and nationally, obviously with the uh, uh, acquiescence of his boss, the executive director. Um, but I would like to say, though, that the biggest obstacle to change at Pacifica is not the national board, it's not the BAI general manager, or even the attorney. It's membership, apathy, and powerlessness. And that the main, our main enemy is whether or not the members will follow through on the recommendations of the staff that they love to vote yes in this or whether to vote or not. In typical Pacific elections, uh, less than 10% of the membership vote on these elections for the local station board. So it's really important that we get a huge turnout of the entire membership that whichever way this goes, and I feel very confident it's going to be an overwhelming yes vote, that the memberships realize that you are a member. Your membership is an active membership. It's not a passive thing. We need your involvement. We need your voting. We need your participation and all that. And just one last thing is that if you care enough to donate, you should listen to your staff and vote yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you both tonight for joining me and we're about to wrap up, but before we go, I know that you all have places that you share information and I'll just give you like 30 seconds real quick to shout out your websites or a place for information. And let's start with uh, Beth. Go ahead. Yes. The new day website is newdaypacifica.org, And you can email us at info at newdaypacifica.org and we'd like to hear from you uh we like your endorsement we want to answer your questions we want to work, move together to help um support and save pacifica from from going down the tubes which is where it's heading right now thank you so much thank you beth and tracy where can people find more information that are critical of the new bylaws absolutely i'm going to give people three different sites because there is lots of opposition to the New Day bylaws from different sources and diverse points of view. Uh, one that you can take a look at is PacificaFightBack.org. One word, PacificaFightBack.org. You can also check out PacificaDemocracyProject.org. 
and that's pacificademocracyproject.org. And you can also take a look at my own blog, which is pacificainexile.org. All right. Thank you two uh, very much for joining me tonight. I know we all worked very hard to come together for this. I appreciate your time and taking this time to get the word out about this upcoming bylaws vote. Uh, Beth, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Frank, for, um, uh, you know, you're the first one on the, on the, on the block here, and it's, I'm glad you really worked with us to revise the questions so we felt they were uh, better for the, for the forum. Thank you, Beth, and thank you, Tracy, for um, taking the time to actually come out and get on the mic today. I uh, appreciate uh, your voice. Thanks for having me, Frank. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for all the important links uh, concerning tonight's show. Shout out to my special guests tonight, Tracy Rosenberg and Beth Keen. And one final shout out to the Full Circle crew. Our executive producer is Miss M. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And myself, Rewilland Franklin. I am the technical director for this show, Full Circle. And I have also been your host tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, while you're out there, please protect your health and your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA because up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone. Good night.